0: Hello, and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Kelly Shaver.
0: And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, public shaming for parking violation. Please stay tuned, Terr, <laughs> oh, So close.
1: <laughs> Almost had it.
0: See what happens when we skip a week?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, I, I had the plague.
0: Yeah, that's no fun. Everybody's, no, it wasn't. Everybody's getting head colds and allergies and all that around here. So,
1: yeah, there's something going around. I mean, I don't know what it is about this summer, but everyone I know has been sick.
0: Mm. Yeah, beats me. Uh, but we've got a games update.
1: Yeah, I finished the retro gaming, um, console thing. I don't know what to call it. It's like the bottom half of a game ca- of a game cabinet.
0: Mm. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to check out the video. Uh, yeah i'm having like i'm having like a phantom limb type of like i can feel the (laughs) feeling
1: yeah playing track and field yeah yeah richard and i played some gauntlet on it the other night
0: nice (laughs) uh also in gaming news cooper and i played uh these new worlds last night Mm -hmm. and tried to record a video of us fumbling through it we were feeling pretty dopey uh and it was partially, as, it's partially because we never play games, so I think there's just a lot of terminology they're just clueless about. Okay. Um, but we had, f- it was fun. Uh, I okay, th- that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun, but I, I think we played, I think there are a couple of key things that we were doing wrong. Okay. We can, uh, I can try and uh, send you the video, uh, but it was so long that the iPad filled up and it quit about 20 minutes in, so I'm not sure. <laughs> If it's salvageable and I'm sure as you listen to it, you'll be screaming at us like, how could you
1: be so foolish? Oh, yeah. Obviously like, that you should do this. <laughs> right. I just want to hide under my desk.
0: <laughs> it's not easy. I wouldn't want to have to write rules for a game.
1: I thought they were pretty clear. but <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm wrong.
0: Hey, I, I think they probably are. We're just dopes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of games, <laughs> yes. Nice <laughs> segue. Um, there's this social credit score thing in China where they're tr- sort of gamifying morality, it seems like.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've done a couple of episodes about it now, I think.
0: Yeah, we probably should do another one too uh, for reasons that will become apparent shortly. But you stumbled across an article where you can get out of parking violations by <laughs> tweeting about it.
1: Yeah, minor... <laughs> or- Minor parking violations you can get out of if you make a post on WeChat confessing to having committed this violation and it gets at least 20 likes, <laughs> which I thought was a an, an amusing qualifier.
0: Right. Like if you don't have any friends, you have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What does it say? Parking where you're not supposed to, driving outside of determined lanes and not yielding when you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. One person. Yeah. And I think- yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think it said most provinces um, have have like a list of like between eight to fourteen different traffic violations that you can you can do this with.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this article is a tr- short article. It just it mm-hmm. sounds so it sounds pretty funny on the surface. Of course, it's like really. I mean, like what happened at some point? Doesn't everybody just become shameless about it and like do whatever they want and know that they can just
1: tweet and get out of it? Right. Uh, I I believe it also said in there and a lot of for a lot of them, it's just for your first time offense. Oh, okay. And I can kind of see what they're doing because the whole I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of public shaming. But it's also like spreading awareness that, hey, this is a thing that the cops will actually pull you over for. You need to not do it yeah it's a little bit hard to say it's a bad idea you know yeah yeah it's just it's more of a weird idea than a bad idea
0: <laughs> right and and so you know thinking about it there's this exists in the u s and lots of or something similar exists in the u s in lots of different forms, not for parking tickets but but incentives to uh, modify people's behavior to kind of like to encourage them to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just not, never done by the government. That's the right. I think that's like the thing that that causes the Western mind to go straight to like 1984, Big Brother, yeah, or Brave yeah, New I World. So. But so. you know, if you think of let's say uh, driver's insurance, is something you're probably very well familiar with at the at the moment.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, mine went up seventy five dollars on Monday.
0: <laughs> right, because your your risk profile is different now. Yeah, and there are. I don't you know there's good if you if you have a good driving record you get lower uh rates with most companies and Mm -hmm. when you have someone that doesn't have a lot of driving history they don't have a good record yet so naturally the the risk profile to the insurance company which is all they care about really you know the risk profile is like okay Mm -hmm. this is risky
1: Uh, yeah and actually i have a funny story about this mm -hmm. which is annoying um our our insurance company has this app where your your teen can go into this app and they answer like little quiz questions about traffic safety rules and that sort of stuff and then they can also turn on the app and the app records five hours of them driving Mm -hmm. and so we did this yesterday we went out to dinner for kira's birthday and she wanted to go to a place that's about about a half hour away so it's like okay good way to get an hour of recorded driving and we got there and she looked down at the app and it goes you're speeding this may negatively affect your you know but, but like she wasn't <laughs> like the app has a hard, the app has a hard coded limit i guess of like 65 miles an hour on the interstate and the speed limit in Kentucky is 70 she's just, just like i'm i'm not speeding and this is going to negatively affect me because it thinks i am and i'm not going to get the discount because of it's it's like, do, what do we do? Do Classic. we talk to someone? Yeah. Do we assume they know this and we'll sort it out? Do we just not get the discount? What do we do?
0: Yeah, great example. False positive. That's the scary thing. Yeah. You know, like what happens if you're blamed for something you didn't do? Or, you right. know, I mean, we right. build it's like, software. It's not always, yeah. not always that smart.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, she was doing 70, but that's the speed limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just higher in Kentucky than it is
0: yeah we have in my in my car, it's got uh, I've got a Subaru outback that has this system called the eyesight system, and it's two cameras mm-hmm. mounted in front of, kind of like on the back of the rear view mirror, so they're f- looking forward. And I can't it seems to be able to recognize speed limit signs because it'll it displays on the dashboard right next to the the speedometer like a picture the of the speed limit. But it's okay. you know like it's not a photo; it's like a, a, an icon that represents the current speed that I'm supposed to be going.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: don't think it's based on GPS. I think I, I'd be a little bit shocked. It seems to me an easier problem to solve to like uh, for a computer to read a sign that looks a very specific way and is very specific size and color. Yeah. Uh, than it would be for it to like know the posted speed limit on every portion of highway and street all over the United States. Right. So, but it's it's kind of cool because you know I don't I am positive that I do not look at every uh, speed limit sign that I go past. So, so sometimes I'm like driving a speed and I'm like, what is the speed limit here? And I just mm-hmm. look down. And I'm like, oh, it's whatever, sixty five or seventy or seventy five. Because like we went, yeah. drove up to Maine and the speed limit in uh, like the middle of Maine seventy five on the highway. Yeah. I'm like why is everyone <laughs> yeah. blowing past me? Oh, because I'm uh, driving yeah. like. A, <laughs> Like the old man that I am. <laughs> so it's okay. So it's easy to imagine that, you know, so now just, let's just say that there is no sorting it out. Like there's no one to call and they're not, mm-hmm. the, the app's not bright enough to figure it out. They don't do some like uh, reconciliation after the fact and look into it. Like, I don't suppose your insurance company is going to call you and be like, was she really speeding? What was the speed <laughs> right. limit there?
1: Right. I mean, I figure best case scenario is there's a central database or a person that reviews them and says, Oh yeah, the speed limit in Kentucky is higher.
0: Yeah. Right. Best case scenario. So, so it's like, all right, so now this is, this is going to literally cost you money. Let's just say, you know, like probably only a little bit or maybe it will have no effect, but let's just say it was constantly saying she was speeding. Mm -hmm. It's just a bug. And now like your insurance not only doesn't go down, but maybe even goes up. So now now the insurance right. company is imposing a financial penalty on you for a bug in their software. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not, that's not fantasy at all. Like it probably will happen to you. <laughs> maybe probably is strong, but it could happen to you based on mm-hmm. technology that exists in your car and your family right now. Right. So imagine if you extend that to, um, I don't know. So it didn't say in the article how the people, so the people can get out of the parking violation, the ticket basically, uh, first time with uh, a confession on social media, but it doesn't say how they were caught. I suppose it was by an actual police person, but maybe it's a RoboCop. Maybe it's, uh, (laughs) I mean, we have,
1: maybe it's a, maybe it's a ticket in the mail. Maybe it's,
0: yeah, exactly. Maybe it's a yeah. camera we have Cause we, I mean that, that technology exists in my town. Mm-hmm. We've got these Dalek looking gray robot looking things on the side of the road that, um, as you go by, they're like a combination of, uh, what are those, you know, radar gun and yeah. webcam and camera. Yeah. And if somebody goes by exceeding the speed limit, it, you see the, the flash bulb go off. It's like, pink and you're like oh, busted you know and you just get a ticket in the mail or like on the um on the mass pike they used to have toll booths they got rid of all of them and just put cameras over the road so you just yeah you don't have to stop you just drive and you get uh i almost said a ticket in the mail you get like a uh, you get a bill yeah you get a bill in the mail for 25 cents I'm like come on
1: it costs more to send you the bill than it yeah does. Yeah. Pro-
0: yeah yeah so yeah you know but systems like these have bugs, like promise. you, promise you. And as we, uh, you know, something distributed as broadly as you know, China, like the China system is going to be, I don't know, there's like, they have like 13 cities that are this bigger than New York city. So it's like, Uh you know, there's going to be a lot of AI machine learning, computer vision, that's, you know, air quotes, writing these tickets in the first place and doing facial recognition. I, I think I, I I might be making this up. We, we might have just been uh, projecting into the future. But I swear I read an article where on the subway systems in some of the cities in China, there is facial recognition that pays attention to your behavior and assigns yeah, it back I, to you.
1: I seem to recall that, too, As one of the articles we read about the social credit system, I think. hmm. Um. Yeah, and I had a comment. I, anyway, I had a comment I was going to make on this, but I just lost it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll
0: ramble while you figure it out. Okay. So uh, the the article that we read, which we'll link to in the show notes, uh, how to avoid a traffic ticket in China if you post a social media confession. Links to a much longer article. Called "Into the Black Mirror: The Truth Behind so, uh, China's Social Credit System," and it goes into more detail than the hot takes that you'd see on like TechCrunch or something. Right, where it breaks down, breaks it down into a much bigger project, and and the stuff that it lists really doesn't sound that. Um, if you if you subtract the fact that it's the government that runs it, but the government runs everything there, then if you subtract that out, it looks a lot like us stuff like loyalty systems that re- any retail retailer would have, uh, mm-hmm. discounts for safe drivers for uninsurance discounts on health insurance, depending on your, your history, uh, or, or, you know, the, you know, uh, premiums because of your history, you know, you, the no smoking discount, for example. Um, i what's, there's another one too that, uh, Oh, you're just our credit scores. So we, yeah. ha- we have credit scores, like Americans yeah. have credit scores. If it was run by the government and it was wrong all the time, then it would be like, yikes. And in fact, every time w- when I've, I think both times I bought a house, you get a credit, like they go through your credit report and it mm-hmm. shows you all this stuff. And both times there was stuff on there that was not mine.
1: Right. Right.
0: So it's like, um, <laughs> okay, now what do I do? Yeah. So if you imagine that, um, <sighs> I mean, it still creeps me out, and I kind of don't want to give them a pass, that's for sure. But if you imagine that this, the China social credit system is actually uh, just um, a little bit of a oversimplification, perhaps a little bit, with a dash of bad translation, translation thrown in, because someone, someone else said that, well, you could just as easily translate social credit into public trust. Public
1: trust. Mm-hmm.
0: And it was like, uh, okay... Is it really such a bad idea? He said cautiously. Is it really such a bad idea to have a, a wide range of um, loosely related projects that all are meant to encourage better behavior? Yeah, I can't better even. I, I can't even. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I was trying can't.
0: to I was trying to play that side of the fence, but I can't.
1: I, I, I can't. I mean, credit scores like we have in the U.S. financial credit scores I can kind of understand because it's a risk assessment for borrowing large amounts of money. Mm. That makes more sense to me, and I, and risk profiles for drive. I don't know. Like individually, there are things that make sense, but like when you bring it all together and 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 say this is your trustworthiness as a person here's your big score and we're going to look at it when you want to do like when you want to get car insurance we're going to look at your big social credit score that's mm. that's low because you were late paying a phone bill that doesn't impact your drive you know it's just i don't
0: i don't know that that's what it is though. i don't i, I don't I, either. It, this article, the, the longer articles seem to imply that, and maybe it gets to it. I didn't read the whole thing. We should, we should like do a, another episode on it, mm-hmm. but it seemed to imply that you don't have one big score that you've got all these different scores and you can get yourself on all different kinds of blacklists or watch lists, mm-hmm. but it's not one big one. So you, you know, if you, then That's there's, better that feels better, right? Like where the, your score on any given thing is relevant to the thing. Mm-hmm. So here's, a, here's an exa- and, and, and yeah, so here's an example from my life in the U.S. Uh, for a long time, I had no credit cards on purpose. Like I mm-hmm. didn't have them. All I had was a debit card. Yeah, and same. yeah, and I should probably go back to that now. that was pretty sweet. <laughs> um, but whenever you'd go to rent a car or stay in a hotel, you were SOL. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they're like, no, not doing that. We has to be a credit card. Can't and be a debit card. Can't be a debit card. Because, you know, presumably because I could just take the money out of the account and then they'd be SOL. Right. So it was like, okay, great. Like,
1: or, and even now, even now, if you go to a hotel, like we've got, we've got Gen Con coming up and I had to tell Richard, it's like, okay, when we check in at the hotel, make sure you give them the actual credit card. Because they will take the debit card, but they will put a hold on it for several hundred dollars. Yes, this And that money happened will be unavailable for us during the convention.
0: hmm. Yes, that's happened to me. That's no fun. Yeah. No. So, okay, so now here's a situation where, uh, let's say, let's see, so it's like, well, you kind of need to have a credit card to do certain things. Um, yeah. What if instead of them mitigating their risk by saying, you know, the, the, let's say rental car company, instead of them saying, well, this person has no credit history and this person has no credit card. So we don't trust him to pay us for, you know, for the car rental because we can't like, there's
1: no evidence of,
0: there's no evidence, history of
1: trust. Yeah. Right.
0: There's no evidence. There's no history of trust and there's no, And they have no recourse if I decide to, you know, not play nice. So the, the social in in China, I I think a majority of people, certainly a lot of people have no credit history. Right. So how do you extend credit to them? Um, this is a way that you could say, well, this person doesn't have any credit, but they have a history of trustworthy behavior in these other aspects of life, you know, like, you know, whatever. But so, we can kind of trust this person because of these other reasons that aren't directly related to uh, you know, this particular thing. I don't know what, I'm struggling to think of what those might be, you know, it helps old ladies cross the street and shows up on time to work every day. And pays all their
1: phone bills on time. Yeah. That's a good
0: one. Right. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this person's probably a reliable person. So they're probably not lying to us and they're probably not going to try and steal this car or whatever. And yeah, right. yeah. It pays their bills, right? Like even if they didn't use a credit card, but, but that means that you would need to know, you need to know what their bills are and that they were paid. So I guess that's, I guess, and in a China system, it, you could see that centralized, like the government mm-hmm. probably does have access to all that information. And like right now, you know, like, Amex knows basically everything I buy. Amazon knows ba- almost everything I buy. <laughs> you know, it, they know. You know, Amex knows whether or not I pay my bills on time, and you know, whoever else. AT and T knows everyone I call. Well, not anymore. Yeah. I, I don't have them anymore. But uh, well, yeah. But now it's Google. <laughs> I have Google Google Fi <laughs> right, now. Which is, so and now that's they so much better. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Supposedly it's on a VPN all the time, but yeah. their VPN,
1: their VPN, yeah.
0: So yeah, it's, it's
1: like Amazon knows this, so much about me from my purchase history.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I can't even read, like, you know, you go to a, a regular sort of more mainstream website, website that's, abs, like, speaking is hard. <laughs> go to a regular website that's ad supported. And, mm-hmm. you know, I see all these retargeted ads for stuff that I desperately would love to have, but definitely don't need And I'm like, man, these are, I mean, this is works. Like this is relevant, targeted, (laughs) interesting advertising. Obviously it's from Amazon Yeah, and you know, it's like, so I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of like aspects of, you know, maybe I'll, I don't know, I can't quantify like percentage wise, but it feels like a lot of the things that China's doing in a centralized way have been here for a long time, but it's just fragmented. Which, to me, feels a little it's fragmented bit fragmented and it's
1: not government controlled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, maybe depending on your government, a little more government control wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. Because, like you said, how many times do you go to make a big purchase and you need a credit check and it turns out that oh, there's things on there that shouldn't be. Right. And not that I think the government a, would be much more Right. And there's though. a there's a whole bunch of things like debt collection in the U.S. that's not government regulated and. So maybe in some instances, a little more control would be. A, <sighs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> Our libertarians are flipping. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like the distributed nature of it because I just know there's going to be stuff wrong. So it gives you more avenues mm-hmm. for, it gives you more like recourse, not well, yeah. recourse is wrong. Well,
1: I guess that's true. It, it gives you more
0: workarounds is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. And, and like I can call up, like if there's a problem on there because of something from my bank, I can call my bank and I'm dealing with the people at my bank that I've known for, you know, years and, mm. and deal with regularly. And I don't have to go through some big pile of government red tape.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like, but how do you do that at scale? I've never met anybody yeah. at my bank, you know, and I'm sure China's probably a similar situation where there's just such mm-hmm. a mass of people in the in densely populated urban areas. Like anybody that's doing banking is probably doing it through like like WeChat or Alipay or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's like, it kind of comes back to that. Like, how do you trust people online question that comes up so Mm -hmm. regularly? It's like, how do you trust people or how do you even trust that the person that you're, you know, interacting with is a person. (laughs) How do you believe that this video actually is of something that actually happened? I mean, that Uh just happened again. I don't know if I think we, no, I don't think we talked about it you know, like doctored videos of political figures, uh, it happened last week. Yeah. So it's like, man, like, how do you, how do you like when you go from a, you know, (laughs) historically a village of maybe a hundred, 150 people who grew up, lived and died together, you know, like in a small town or village, how do you go from Mm -hmm. that you know, where, every, where there's no privacy. Everybody knows everything about everyone. I mean... To
1: 7 billion. <laughs> yeah,
0: to 7 billion. And, and no, like, yeah. okay... Um, maybe you know,
1: this is going to become a necessary evil.
0: Kind of? Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's so the...
1: I mean, and we're you, just seeing the, it first in China because of their huge population. Maybe they've hit that tipping point where yeah. this is a necessary evil.
0: Yeah, and they also have that sort of... I mean, there are also government, like everything's government controlled, like even. Right. it already, they already have. Yeah. So they're in a position to do it and it's like, I don't know though. I, I, maybe it's like an American thing, but I just like, don't trust the state to Mm -hmm. appreciate, first of all, to be, to care. Yeah. I don't appreciate the nuance of any given situation in, in when it's like a software mediation layer. Like, I, I believe that things like courts work reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like a bunch of people in person looking someone in the eye and like getting a sense of whether or not they're full of it or not full of it, you know. Right. But this like uh, the, with the software layer in the middle and the is, you know, I've just government doesn't do a good job with software like it doesn't. I
1: mean, right now, right now, I feel like I could call up State Farm and I could speak to our insurance agent and I could say, hey, the app did this. What's up with that? And she could say, oh, it'll automatically get sorted out or she could say, oh, yeah, that's weird. I'll put a note on your account.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And it would get taken care of.
0: Right. Yeah. Like I just had a I set up auto debit for my um, uh, Wi-Fi bill couple of months ago and I get an email from them saying, Oh, you know, friendly, friendly reminder that you know, your Pat, your accounts passed. Through. And I'm like, that can't be right. And then I get mm-hmm. another one friendly reminder. You were going to shut off your internet tomorrow. And, so, and I, you know, this is going to surprise no one, but there's a link to click for me to go fix it or to look into it. So right. I click through and instead of it, like, being smart about like they they know they emailed me at this particular email address and then i click through and Uh i and it's like log in with your email or phone number so i use the email address that they just emailed me at and it's like this is not in our system and i'm (laughs) like okay uh and i you know it's verizon wi-fi i don't have my phone number with them so it didn't recognize my phone number either and then Somehow I clicked on something. I mean, I'm clicking around, clicking around, clicking around. There's like a billion right. options. It's not accepting anything. Uh, later, I get to something where it's like, uh, send me my account name type thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: to my email address that it, they've already emailed me up. but said is not recognized in the system as a yeah. login. So, of course, it works. It emails me my username, which is clearly not a username I invented. They made it up for me because I right. never would have picked this name. Right. And then I go back and use that, and then it does know my phone number because it can send me a two factor off to the phone number that I tried to <laughs> log in with, and it didn't recognize. So, and I get that I get those d- different fields in the database, or they're not smart enough to reconcile those across different areas, or maybe there's a good reason not to. But it was super frustrating. And then I get in there, and it was set up.
1: Like shows a zero balance because it's been paid.
0: No, it wasn't paid. No, auto pay was set up. They just didn't run it. Oh. So I ended up calling someone, and I'm like, "Look, this is. I swear I set up auto pay. It says that I set up auto pay, and I was partially confused because I have it at home in the office. I'm like, I can't tell which account number is which because they changed account mm-hmm. numbers, the their format of their account. Numbers. So okay. Anyway, I'll stop there. It was a <laughs> complete mess. It took me probably an hour to sort out, which isn't the worst in the world, but that's like, you know, for, for a multiple mis- like multiple mistakes and bad UX on their part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yep. and the only way I got it fixed was by talking to a human. So and and Verizon to me is, is roughly at the scale, probably smaller than say the U S government. And the way that software gets built by government agencies, which I've had a front row seat to, is <laughs> yes. a complete mess. You know, I won't even go into mm-hmm. that. But but if you just trust that that's true and anybody that's gone to any one of these big corporate sites or big government sites knows that it is a disaster. Is. Yes, So that was, you know, cost $35 million to release a buggy, insecure pile of garbage that you can't use. So then you, you're like, okay, although the IRS site's pretty nice, I will give them kudos. But anyway, the... <laughs> Then okay, oh okay. now if you say, all right, the government's gonna like consolidate all of this stuff and provide us user interfaces for it and do really really smart cutting edge stuff that is going to directly impact our checking account. I'm like, no thanks, no thanks. Because <laughs> you know you know what part of the problem is is there's no opt out at that point. There's no like yeah, switching from Verizon point. to project to Project Fi or Google Fi that's, or whatever. That's it's called.
1: that's a good point. Like yeah. I can't. I couldn't switch car insurance companies if my car insurance company was the U.S. government.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I have relatives that live in in Comcast country, and there's no option. It's terrible, right. and there's nothing else to choose. The only other option is don't have internet. Uh-huh. So that was, that's what it would be like. You know, like where would the leverage be? You know, at the voting booth? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, not in China. Not in China. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the thing that that I like about the fragmented system more is that there's competition. From you know, yeah, in most cases there's competition. You can like pick other stuff, and there's financial. Um, you know, in in the disaster that is the Verizon FiOS online self help portal, mm-hmm. uh, self service portal is like an opportunity for. I mean, this some is some other
1: company to come in and yeah, yeah.
0: Google Fi is a great example. Yeah. It's like
1: AT and T's website. I can't even log into it in Chrome. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, my mortgage company same thing.
1: And it's been that way for a long time, and they clearly have no interest in fixing it.
0: Yeah, and some super snarky developer said, "Please download a modern browser because you can't use you can't use <laughs> this browser. We don't recognize it, so it must not be a modern browser." Meanwhile, it's like the most recent version of Chrome.
1: Yeah and exactly. like
0: try IE6 instead and like oh this has been worked <laughs> on recently so yeah that's i mean Google Google Fi recently uh, renamed from Project Fi is just gore, just beautiful it's like everything you mm-hmm. you wish AT&T or Verizon was you just like it's great like yeah. the, the billing model is great I don't think it's available great. here yet uh, I would I would check it's cuz you're an Android person it's fabulous yeah. I love it so anyway, uh, so th- I guess that's what it boils down to for me is that I feel like we have options. I mean, you can't opt out of like the credit bureaus other than not using credit, I suppose. But
1: but then you can't buy a house or
0: yeah. buy a car. Or, well, cash, yeah. obviously, we, you and I would just well, use yeah. cash.
1: All oh, right, because I have just have so much <laughs> of it floating around.
0: <laughs> you get that money tree in the backyard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just Just forget about the whole car insurance app. Who needs that? a month discount I'll just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna donate extra right so anyway
0: so we should probably do I would love to do a follow-up episode on the um, on the more going to more detail of the complexity Mm -hmm. of of what the social credit system really is to the extent that we can discover that
1: I bet we could find a lot of parallels to things that exist in the US already they're just not centralized yeah like financial credit scores are certainly one thing, but uh-huh. I bet there's there's other things we could find mm-hmm. parallels to.
0: Yep. All right. Well, dear listener, maybe you can send in your ideas. Best place to get us would be Twitter, John, mm-hmm. Jonathan Stark and Kelly Shaver, Kelly with one eye.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: I'm Kelly Shaver.
0: We hope you join us again Felt next redundant. Time. Right, right. (laughs) And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye.
1: Bye.